Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Well, good day and welcome to Voice of the Church as we continue our study in the book of James. Our focus this month is to look at how God uses trial in the lives of individuals, to strengthen us and glorify himself, and how we are called to respond in times of difficulty. Last week, we covered the first verse of James 1. Now we continue with that second verse and delving into it a little more. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing." How does God use trial and how are we to respond so that trial is used rightly in our lives? We all face difficulty. How must we respond? Well, James says we are to count it all joy when we fall into various trials, knowing that God is at work. That means that trials are always a test of faith. Trials are always a test of faith where God calls us to understand something, to know something, that in the midst of the difficulty... He is still on the throne. He is still at work. He still loves you. As we heard already this month, the focus of God's love, God is at work even in the trial. But James calls us to know something very specific about God's work. In verse 3, he says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And that word can also be translated as endurance or perseverance. Have you ever known a workout junkie? Someone who just can't seem to get enough. They're always on their bike. They're always running. They're always working out, whatever it might be. I don't know what makes those people tick. Sometimes I just can't grasp their way of thinking. But I know one thing they love is they they speak about how they love the burn. Scientifically, the burn is caused by something called lactic acid. And lactic acid builds up in your muscles when they've been working hard. And it hurts a little bit. It creates a bit of a burn. But real workout junkies, they love the lactic acid. They love the burn. Because when they feel the burn, they know their body is building muscle. It's like when you're trying to do as many push-ups as you can. For some of us, it's two. Some of us, it might be a hundred. But on that last push-up, your arms are just about to give out. You're feeling the burn. But when you know you've hit that point, you can be assured that you're actually building muscle. Now, something very similar holds true in the spiritual realm. And something very spiritual holds true for those who follow Christ and who want to see his work in the midst of trial. God says to us in the book of James that we can have a sure knowledge, a confidence, an assurance that when we're going through the difficulty, and last week we covered what those difficulties could be. They could be the personal temptation, falling into sin. It could, it could be being lied against, being slandered, being taken to court. It may be that we are finding our world falling apart. Maybe we've been faced with an illness or a sickness. Or maybe we're being persecuted for our faith in Jesus Christ. Whatever the trial might be, James says we have to understand God is doing something spiritual. He is using the testing of our faith to create in us an endurance, a perseverance, a character, a depth that learns what it is to hold on to Christ And hold on to Jesus no matter what God might allow in our lives. And that is a perseverance each and every one of us should desire. 
Paul cried out in Philippians 3 that he wanted to know Christ. And yet he said some very remarkable words when he made that exclamation in Philippians 3 verse 10, that I might know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. I want you to notice Paul's language. He wants to know Christ, and every born-again child of God wants to know Jesus. That should be our chief delight. And yet Paul realizes to know Christ, he needs to know him not only in his resurrection power, but also in his sufferings. That through the hardship we gain a knowledge of the beauty and the character of our Savior. So James is saying we should be rejoicing in trial because we know in the midst of it God is building spiritual muscle. He is building something more than just a surface-level Christian. This comes out in a few passages in the Bible, and I want to read a couple of them to you. In Romans 5, verse 3, Paul says this, We glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. I want you to notice that verse. Paul is saying tribulation or trials produce perseverance, and perseverance gives character and character hope. What does God do in trials? He strengthens you so that your faith begins to look not merely to the things of this world. I want you to think of a Christian that Anytime something goes well for them, believes God loves them. And anytime something goes poorly for them, believes God hates them. You know, in Matthew chapter 24 and 25, Jesus speaks about how in the end times various trials will come upon the church and some of us will be betrayed and handed over to, the, to prison. Some of us will even be put to death for the cause of the gospel. What kind of Christian is able to endure the hardship that may come in this world and still hold on to Christ? It's not a surface-level Christian. It's not one that just believes God loves them when the sun is shining. It's someone who has learned in the school of suffering that even when things are rough, God's promises do not fail, and therefore they do not fail either. And James says to us, listen, when you go through trial, it's like the workout. God is letting you feel spiritual burn so you can learn what it is to persevere, to push through the pain, to realize even when things are tough, God has not failed, and you may be faithful even in the difficulty. Paul says the same thing. That's the passage we just read. Paul says that your tribulation will produce a character and a hope that points you beyond this world, a hope that points you and rests in the love of God poured in your heart by the Holy Spirit. And if we look for another passage, there's another one found in 1 Peter 1. There Peter writes, In this you greatly rejoice, even though, right now, for a little while, you have been grieved by various trials. So the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, you love. And though you do not see him yet believe, you now rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You see, Peter and Paul and James all understand something very significant about trials. God uses them to point us to that which endures, that which remains, and to find our strength and our hope and the life we live in in Christ to be based not upon the changing circumstances of daily living, 
to be based not upon how we feel, how our day goes, how our work goes, whether we get a raise or whether we do not, whether the price of gasoline goes up or whether it does not, whether we can make ends meet at the end of the month or whether we can't. God wants to move our confidence in Christ out of what is temporary and into what is eternal. And therefore, we are to rejoice in trial because we can know God is at work and he is teaching us what it means to persevere, to hold on, not because of anything that is transitory, but because of Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, that's hard to remember in the midst of the hardship. It's hard to remember in the midst of the trial. It's hard to remember when things are tough and we don't know where the answers will come from, but that's okay. Sometimes growth comes in the midst of the pain. And that's exactly what James is calling us to realize. When you feel the difficulty, when you feel the hardship, don't let go of Christ. Learn what it is to hold on to him with all that you have. And then find in the end the reason you stand is because he holds on to you with all that he has. See, James goes on to say these words in verse 4, but let patience or endurance or perseverance have its perfect work. Let it reach its goal, he says, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. This is a rather remarkable promise that God gives. We're to count all trials a joy because God works in the midst of trial to produce perseverance in us, to grow us as men and women and children of God who, who know what it is to hold on to Christ in the midst of the hardship. But then he goes on to say that that holding on to Christ, that perseverance, it's going to reach its goal. It's going to find the end. It's going to have its perfect work. And you will be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I remember once going to a conference, signing up for a conference for pastors. And there weren't a lot of people signed up. And I spoke with another pastor who was more experienced than I. And I said, you know, it's a shame There's not many people going to this pastor's conference. And he said to me, why do you think that is? Why do you think not many people are going to this pastor's conference? And I said to him, well, I think it's because they don't have any big name speakers. They don't have any of the the greats at that time. R.C. Sproul was still alive. John MacArthur, Alistair Begg, whoever you may think, Sinclair Ferguson, the great speakers in the Christian faith. I said, they don't have any of the greats, so maybe the numbers are down. This experienced minister said to me, I think when we get to heaven will be surprised by who the greats truly are. He wasn't undermining the beauty of the ministry that these various men had carried out, but he was reminding us that sometimes the first are last and the last are first. Who will be great in the eyes of God? Do we sometimes feel in the midst of trial that we would never be great in the eyes of God? Do we sometimes feel in the midst of the struggle that God must have forgotten us? We hold on to faith. We cling to Christ. We don't understand everything that's going on, but we say with with Job, though he slay me, yet I will believe in him, I will love him, I will serve him. And do we think little of that? James says, when the fire hits, when the struggle is all around you, lift up your head and count it a joy. Hold on, persevere, press on, don't let go of Jesus, because that will not let go of you. Christ will not let go of you. Perseverance will have its finished work, and you one day will reach the perfection you have yearned for. You one day will be as holy as Christ is holy for you. And I know if you stand by faith, you have that already now by faith, but one day you'll have it by sight. One day what is yours declared through the finished work of Christ will be yours because you will be fully wrapped in the righteous robes of the Savior. And you will never sin or stumble again. 
Why can we count trials a joy? Because there is no trial that can ever remove the child of faith from the hand of the sovereign God. So don't be afraid, says James. Don't grow discouraged. Don't wonder about what tomorrow will hold. Because God promises you that he will hold on to you. So don't let go. Don't give up. Don't stand aside. Persevere. And God in his grace will let perseverance do its perfect work. And one day, as you cling to Christ, that will be made perfect in you. Loving the Lord, as we live this Christian life, as you strive to follow Jesus, there will be days of difficulty. I could pray that God would spare you from them, but if I did so, I would be a poor man of God. Instead, I will pray that God will use them in your life to wean your hope from the temporary things of earth and to anchor it in the finished work of Christ. And when your perseverance has been made complete, when you have held on by the gracious help of God, then may God show you that all the way through he was the sovereign Lord whom no one can ever snatch a sheep from the hand of. And may you know what it is to find yourself perfect and complete Lacking nothing, not because you were so strong, but because the blood of Christ was so beautiful that it finishes what it begins and it guides us all the way to glory. Count it all joy.